Hey everyone, hope everyone's well. Uh, it's our seventh podcast in the series. Um, check them out if you want, exclamation mark podcasts. Um, today we've got some awesome guests. We're going to have a discussion on mental health and the mental game in general. Hopefully give some some methods you can help deal with some issues uh, from, the, from a pro level to a streamer's level to just general life, um, mental health issues and um, seeing as the Mental Health Awareness Week seems like a perfect opportunity. Um, I'm Pete, I'm one of the owners of Endpoint um, and you know, um, we've got a great cast here today. Let's, uh, let's start with Ice, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. Hi, I'm uh, Ice Tonexa, most people call me Ice. Um, I'm a full-time streamer on Twitch and I do a lot of variety and I'm really excited to be here talking about mental health. Ben? Hi, um, my name's Ben. Um, I'm a professional poker player and a psychotherapist as well. Um, and yeah, Pete invited me along because it's the perfect time to be talking about mental health, both in poker and gaming. I play online mainly, so there seems to be some pretty good crossovers here. So I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, hi, yeah, I'm Eclipse. Uh, I'm the Rocket League coach for Endpoint's ROCS team. And uh, there's a lot of mentality stuff in uh, Rocket League. If you're familiar with Rocket League, you'll know all about like player mentalities is a massive thing. So it's it's a cool thing to look at today and well as cool as things like this can get but you know very cool <laughs> yeah we'll be talking about a bunch of topics and then uh we'll do a q a to open up the chat afterwards of um yeah i mean we've got got great people to ask anything so um for people that don't know ben i mean if you know endpoint you know ice and eclipse ben i've known since the age of four uh, we learn poker together and um it's one of my best mates it seemed like the perfect opportunity to get him on um and give some really good advice yeah so um, okay, let's start with um, some issues that streamers and pro players face, I guess. Um, so, I mean, Ice, let's start, start with you. I mean, what's, what would you say the, the main issues you face in terms of being public-facing, I guess, and, um, and or mental health issues with streamers, I guess, in general? Um, there's a few things, actually, but um, if I were to start somewhere, it would probably be that some people think that streamers are therapists and um i get a lot of people trying to message me because i am very open about like my mental health and and you know my depression that i've had and sometimes still have things like that and people relate to it because it's not talked about that much online um and people do enjoy relating to other people but at the same time there's a fine balance where you like chatting with your community where it also gets to the point where people might put too much on you thinking that you're gonna like be the therapist in a way but obviously we're not qualified to to take that on so that can be a challenge to find that balance and try to give advice but still you know making sure that they know that you're just a friendly person but you're not you don't really have any training and you know helping people with these issues and um, so that's definitely a big one for me that I get a lot actually. Yeah, and that's actually why I wanted to get Ben on because, um, like, I've done a lot of work on the mental game as well and with poker, and 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 I'm sure you guys have, have worked hard on it as well from your standpoint. But actually, really, we're going to give some probably solid advice, but could be very incorrect, and I don't want the advice to be incorrect today, which is why I've got someone who's actually qualified for that. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, internet trolls are probably a big big part of that as well. I'm assuming. Um, um, yeah, definitely. Um, I think my mentality has changed a lot and I've grown as a person since I first started four years ago. Uh, when I first started, um, obviously trolls are going to come. Um, I think one of my first internet trolls, you know, really got to me, you know, you're ugly, you're fat, you're, you're boring, all of, you know, it, all that kind of thing. And you, you just like, 
you take it in at first and you think, oh, oh, maybe I am all those things. But then after streaming for a few years, I would just kind of learn to brush it off a little bit more, grown like a thicker skin. But, you know, if you have a bad day, if you're going through something in life and someone comes in and say all these things, of course, it can affect like how you feel when you're streaming and when you're putting yourself out there on the internet, it, it can definitely take a toll on you sometimes, depending on what people say, especially um, as a female playing games. Um, I get a lot of harassment for, you know, go back to the kitchen woman, that kind of mentality, like you have nothing to do with games. And for me personally, I don't understand why we need to differentiate between male and female in the gaming industry anyway, because we're all gamers, we like playing games and um, yeah. It, it can be a lot of like verbal abuse and things like that as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, Eclipse, like, I mean, from the, from a pro side of things, how do you see it? Um, I mean, from endpoint, we get we get death threats all the time if we lose a game. Uh, you know, betters, it's awful. Um, I mean, we got like every game we lose, pretty much, it's on HLTV, which is the biggest Counter Strike website. We get death mat death threats on her for our family, cancel this kind of awful stuff um, for for betters mainly, but. Um, I'm guessing betting is not quite as big a thing in Rocket League. I'm sure. Um, yeah. It's started to appear. It's definitely started to appear. I think like people like Bet365 and stuff are starting to do it. But I, well, we don't quite have that level in the community yet. We've got quite a lot of young kids, so there's a lot of immaturity. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Ver being the youngest player in uh, EU European RLCS, for example, at the age of 16, and then you have kind of it doesn't really go past like the 22 year mark. So everyone's still a bit young. Everyone's still a bit maturing. So, like, uh, you definitely do have a lot of immature people just going at others because they don't quite understand the consequences. They don't understand this, that, and the other. But, like, the mental game is definitely a massive thing. Like, uh, I'm after our promotion playoff game uh, against Solari, um, I'm sure most people, if any of you follow Rocket League and uh, they're watching, like, you would have seen that Verber on Twitter that he felt, like, super down. He wasn't confident. He wasn't this... And it, it all came down to effectively we we as a team we all sat there and we talked about it. And as soon as we like got him focused again, got him give him his confidence to go and do what he wanted to do, we came out in our second game in that tournament as a completely different team. And so, like in the mental side of things, with especially Rocket League and most games, but I think Rocket League has a massive thing because of how focused it is on you because there's only three people. Uh, when your mentality is even a little bit off, you get a bit frustrated with the teammate, you do this, that, and the other, and it just has a ripple effect on the team. So it is a massive part of like professional play, and like it is such a hard one to deal with, especially when you have, like Vert, for example, he gets disliked by so many people because he demos so much. And like imagine having your play style being berated constantly because it's where you play and people don't like it because it tilts people. And so... It's it's an annoying one because you know, well, I, like you see it on Reddit and stuff, and like most of the time it doesn't get to them. It, most of the time it doesn't get to any of us. But like, it's the one or two that has gone that little bit deeper. That it, like, it's a bit like I I said, like you know, it's that one or two that can hit you at the wrong time of day. Something's just happened, and then it can throw you for the next couple of weeks. You know, lose your matches because of it, and it can literally change someone's career if they if they get hit wrong with their mentality at the right time. Yeah, and there's there's also the um... You know, in the moment of having to, you get an abuse and you might tweet something and that can ruin your career as well. And there's, you always have to, as an influencer or whatever, you always have to act perfectly as it were, or you don't have mm -hmm. to, but you know, um, if you say the wrong thing in the wrong time, it can be pretty bad. Um, yeah, I mean, from a poker perspective as well, and Ben will know this as well, is um, when I was streaming, if you have people telling you you're playing the game wrong, 
while you're losing money or something in a situation, it can be mentally destroying. Um, you've got to, you've got to, you know, ignore it. Know that they're probably just an idiot. Um, but I mean, that's bad mm. advice, isn't it? Just ignore it. You can't. That's. I mean, Ben, what, what kind of techniques would you potentially do to, um, or what's your thoughts on it in general as well, um, with combating people coming at you with abuse? I guess. Or well, I think what both or all of you are talking to is this relatively new culture that we find ourselves in, which is the internet. And this idea that we're now streaming and we kind of are having live contact with people. And I think historically now, historically in the world before the internet, you weren't able to get away with saying certain things to people because of the, the direct consequences that that would incur. And now there's this kind of like slightly dissociated um, dehumanizing of somebody through a screen that isn't necessarily a real person in, in the sense of like, I can see you standing in front of me. So it like removes this idea of inhibition. It removes this, this general tendency to actually care about people's experiences, their feelings, that they have their own individuality. And that leads people to say things that they wouldn't ordinarily say and not really realizing the actual impact that that can have on other people. And as both of you are saying there, that that can impact the way you play, that can impact the way you feel, that can impact the way in which you can carry out your career and be successful. Um, so yeah, I think what you're speaking to is actually a really, really important issue. And the other side of that is what can you do about it? There, I, I, there's not necessarily a simple answer to that. Um, I think a cliche answer would be to be comfortable in yourself, but I suppose that is kind of like an umbrella term and then thinking about how you come to a place where you are able to be solid in your own sense of self as a way of not really being super impacted by other people's comments. But there's like an end goal and then there's obviously the, the, the journey that gets you there, which takes time and reflection, of course. Of course, yeah, thanks for that. Um, yeah, okay, and I think um, let's move on to talk about um, there's the other issues of, especially a streamer and pro players currently right now, especially with COVID, um, it's, it's the work-life balance, I guess, you know, um, we have the same as poker players, you, you basically, you work in the same place that you sleep pretty much, um, maybe a room next to it or something. Um, and how does the work-life balance affect mentality? Um, I mean, we had a, for an example, from the endpoint side of things as well, we went through a stage of trying to, we had a gaming house and we wanted, to, you know, with the idea of getting Counter-Strike guys, all of them to, to live in the house, um, boot camp there for, you know, I don't know, months at a time, and really gel as a team. And it, it, the work-life balance didn't work at all. Um, realistically, I think you see a lot of um, organizations now going to the apartments on the side and training facilities, so it's, it separates work-life. Um, obviously, a normal traditional job, you would potentially go out to work each day and that's different from, and then you go home and they're separate. So how do you how do you find that not being separate does that affect you guys? I mean, um, Ice, do you want to start? How does it affect you? Um, to be fair, it can be very isolating. Um, obviously, when you have a job where you leave the house, you go maybe to an office, you interact with your coworkers, whether it's just like you know what were you doing yesterday. Um, I don't really get that interaction. I don't get the face to face experience. Um, I don't get a lot of fresh air. <laughs> um, it, it can actually be um, difficult to remind yourself to get out of the house. And especially during these times, that's not really an option other than your daily exercise and things like that. So for me, I'm, I'm in complete honesty struggling right now because 
I'm so isolated from absolutely everything. And um, I am an introvert to begin with, so I'm, I'm not usually the most social person to start with, but I've noticed now that I'm definitely not getting enough um, socializing, for instance. And uh, it can be hard to like give yourself a schedule or you know remind yourself that you need to work even though it's like, like my PC is like my hobby and my job at the same time. And to, to actually like remind yourself that it can't all just be fun, but you know, you also have to make the time to work and separate that can be difficult as well. But I think one of the biggest things is definitely um, the isolation part and you, um, you don't really get much human interaction at all. And um, it can get a bit lonely to be honest. It's interesting you yeah. say that you think you're introverted actually in some in a lot of ways because obviously as a personality on Twitch for four or five years now, um, a lot of people would see that as being an extrovert, and I guess that that's that's um, some of that's personal kind of thought or perception <clears> of yourself. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, a lot. Yeah, Aaron, you're gonna say. Yeah, I, like I, well, in the extrovert introvert thing, I think like it's easier to be introverted and stream because it's the same as what Ben said earlier. You don't have that face-to-face -face where it has the issue of being like oh if i say something you know i could affect when you have two thousand people watching you you're probably going to annoy someone with something you say but you're never having that repercussion of saying it to someone and then i'm actually physically being annoyed at you in person mm -hmm. and so it's it's it, so it allows a lot for like i'm i can't say i'm extroverted either really like i i'm probably introverted i i don't i never like i go out and i socialize and stuff like everyone does but like it is it definitely you notice the effect when you have been told you've got to stay in your house for three three months and you're like okay i actually went out a lot more than i thought i did do you know what i mean i actually went and done a lot more um but the work-life balance especially for like pro players and myself like i'm i like the boys have to play the game an obscene amount of time across two weeks do you know what i mean to keep to that same standard um and it's trying to find when you're playing the game for fun or when you're playing the game for work and like uh, it's the same for me when I go on my PC, as I said, it's both my hobby. So I play games in here all the time and it's also my job now. So coming on here sometimes, yeah, I come on and I'm like, OK, I'm going to have a bit of fun today, play some Assassin's Creed or something. But then someone messages me on Discord and I'm suddenly working, even though I'm not supposed to be. And I think it, it becomes very difficult when you're doing these different things, especially when your hobby is where your job is. <laughs> it, like It's great for like... Um, happiness during your job but like i think you start getting uh doing a lot more hours i'd say working than most people ever would in their lives because you're there constantly doing it and you're like oh okay yeah ben what's your thoughts on it i mean obviously you, you, you yeah you lock yourself in um, a lot of times but survive yeah it's interesting because like I, at the moment i feel like i'm wearing two hats the kind of psychotherapy and the poker player and i kind of i feel like you guys are talking you you do you're explaining enough of the poker side of my experience that I don't feel I need to actually kind of bring that in too much because everything you're saying is very similar. Um, but I so I would say that there's a couple of things. The routine is obviously one thing, and then routine is yeah, routine is obviously a very difficult thing to carry out if you physically do not have the energy or the motivation to do that thing that you decided you were going to do between one p.m. and two p.m. But I think having a bit of self-compassion around the fact that we're in very, very difficult and trying times. I got the sense that you were talking about more, it was more difficult now than it was before. Was that kind of what you were saying? Or yeah. Is it the yeah, a little bit. I think it's, 
it's like you're being told you're not allowed to and it just takes the option completely away like if i'm one day feeling like you know what i actually could do with it just a day to just like meet someone go out for a meal or you know go for a walk or something but you can't really do that so in that sense yeah yeah because you still get like like i go i still go for a walk or a run pretty much every day but it's not the same as going down to your local I'm going to say city <laughs> yeah. for me because I live in rural areas so going to my local city, meeting up with a couple of mates or just a mate, having a meal with them, going walking around, chilling. Do you know what I mean? Or just going to someone's house and just having a chat. It's getting out of your environment and I think it's not as big a deal for someone that has worked, say, like nine to five. Like a teacher, for example, they go to work, they do all their stuff, they come home, they do some marking so they're used to doing a bit in the house. But like they don't necessarily have as much of an effect as our way of getting away from our job is by leaving the house. So now that we're sat in the house, even when we're bored, we want to go on our computers and go and play a game. And then we end up working anyway, even though we were trying to give ourselves a break. And yeah. so it, it, it's like, especially with like the pro players as well, we, we stream and we play the game, like practice and stuff. So we've got like, we do a lot on the, in like some days so we always have to schedule our streams and stuff to be apart from each other and things otherwise we'd be pretty much working 12 hours every day and it would be a, well it's just not healthy for anyone that is is it really so uh, i think i think there's almost a bit of an irony in what you're saying is that you're, you're, you're saying that the, your players need to be playing loads and then in their downtime they need to be playing loads as well this reminds me of the the comments where people say like oh i'm, I'm gonna sleep when i'm dead or like sleep is a waste of time when in actuality the more you sleep the more productive you are when you're awake so there's almost like kind of an attitude that if your players are playing super long hours and that's part of what they should do that feels a bit like a, a contextual um like bind in some kind of way like that's what people are expected to do is play many 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 hours then that invariably will lead to weaker performance in the long run as opposed to continued development and growth i, I mean i'm just kind of well no i I, I totally agree there's like there is a certainly a, an amount of hours the way okay the way i do it with the boys it's not the same i don't know about every other rlcs coach because i'm not them the way i do it is i make sure they play x amount every fortnight anything they play over that then is up to them because i i personally feel if they play that amount while it's not like a massive amount in the grand scheme of thing, it's definitely enough to keep them at their level, keep them uh, constantly prepped for when we do scrims, when we do this, that, and the other. Um, and after that, it's their choice. Uh, generally speaking, there's like a, I'd say if you get upwards to about 80, 90 hours in, in a fortnight's period, that is a good area. Like that's not the amount I asked them to do, like, you know, cause they've got school and stuff, especially with Wave and Vert, they're still young. So I'm not going to ever expect them to do effectively a more than a full-time job on top of full-time education but like um it is definitely something you see and then there's sometimes there's some players that have got 140 hours in a fortnight and that i personally think is just not that happening with us is if we have tournament after tournament where we're constantly having to do a lot of scrims to keep up with the readiness for the next tournament but that can burn someone out so it's yeah i think, I it's, think a, it's a as you say, as you say I, th I think people get the the, the wrong impression they think that they want to make it as the world champion and be the best at the game so they think they have to put in 200 hours a week to do that kind of thing which is just yeah and it's it would yeah but, but the, the problem with that is of course for you so who's someone who's been gaming for many years and who's in the position you are you're able to have that foresight 
Like if I'm to imagine back to when we were learning poker when we were 16, 17 years old, we were... 18. Wait, wait, wait. My home games. You forget us editing our provisional licenses to get onto poker sites, Pete. Uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I think that more so now is that younger gamers are, are like expected as well as poker players to play many, many, many more hours than their brain probably should be playing and, and is capable of playing. I think along with that though, as well, is that we're in quarantine and it's, it's a similar fact to like me and I saying, we, we're constantly going to do our hobby, but instead we're doing work. I think a lot of younger kids who do have that aspiration to go further, to be a pro are like, oh, well, I got all this free time. I'll shove it into the game. I'll just put more and more hours into it. I'll work on things. And while you get the initial benefits after maybe the first two weeks where you're still quite well rested, and then you get into these bad sleep schedules, because I, I had it when I was in uni, I was doing all nighters, I was doing this, I was doing that. It's just not good. <laughs> like, it felt like I was doing loads, but realistically, in the time that I was spending doing an all nighter, I was doing a lot less than I would have if I had just spent four hours after a good night's sleep, which, you know, not everyone can get good night's sleep for whatever reasons. You know, there's plenty of medical issues out there that cause people to only sleep four hours a night. But if that's what you're used to, your body can still be productive with it. And I think uh, that's something that people don't realize is, as you said, like there's a, there's a certain limit on productivity. And that's why I try to like get my players to play a certain amount. But anything they play above that is purely off. Can they do it? If they can't, don't, don't burn yourself out. But if you can, you know, that's up to you. And so uh, I think that's ultimately the best way to look at it. I think from any kind of professional standpoint with footballers, you can't expect them to go and do 120 hours of football every month, every week, two weeks, can you? So it's a, it's a very similar in that sense. Yeah, I think um, moving on, actually on that subject then, um, it's a bit, bit of a mix of subjects. Um, it's one of my biggest problems is actually um, both these subjects and my, one of my biggest problems. Uh, motivation, I mean, um, is for me it's always been the issue money never really motivated me when I was playing poker for example and um, it did to some extent like but to other extents it's like I'm doing fine don't need to do anymore kind of thing or you know I don't know motivation was always hard for me um, and sleep as well has always been a big issue for me as well um, since I was a kid and I think that sleep is a big issue for a lot of people um, so I mean what are your thoughts generally I mean if we get we got ice in the clips's thoughts on generally on you know motivation and what they, what it's like for them as well and then and then Ben maybe chime in about you know practices or you know sure. yeah. so I see it well sorry yeah um I mean motivation can be be hard to find um if you are in a low point in your life um as with anything really um motivation for me is um it really depends on my mood it also depends on what I'm doing um there are days where especially as a variety streamer there are days I'm like I know I need to stream, I know I should be streaming, but I don't know what to do and they, therefore kind of my motivation goes a little bit as well. So it's like having, um, try to make a plan of what you want to do and like, um, also one of the biggest thing for me is to do what I enjoy and I think that's a luxury with my job being variety is that I can actually do the things I want to do. Um, and I think for me mentally it was a challenge to accept that, you know, you're not going to have the same numbers with everything you do with variety. Like some people are going to like an indie game. Some people are not going to like it. Some people are into horror games. Some people are not. And um, obviously that that took a toll on my motivation as well. Sometimes when it's like, I really want to play this this game that just come out. But you know that maybe half your viewer base doesn't really enjoy that kind of game. But 
it's it's like finding that balance where you want to cater to your audience but you also want to stay happy at the same time doing it and um i think for me it went from the point where i don't want to worry about how many viewers are in the chat i'm going to appreciate those who are there and do what makes me happy because that will that will be seen on my stream if i'm miserable playing something just for viewers you know that's going to come across and people are not going to enjoy it as much if i'm you know having a lot of fun but maybe maybe one third of them just because I'm doing what I'm enjoying. So I think motivation for me came by doing things that motivated me more than than just to do something kind of for the wrong reasons in a way, like growth kind of comes with the community, I find rather than just like milking something constantly. But that's from my point of view, because obviously I'm not like maining a game as such as, as other people do play just that one game. So it, it can be a challenge, but I think you just, need to work on your mentality about it yeah i think it's very similar for like myself and you know our team like uh we all want to stream we all love it but like it's 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 getting that motivation to do it because ultimately we're playing the game that we play all the time on the stream so it's like so it shouldn't be that hard right but then it's the extra bit of trying to be entertaining and not just being there completely silent like especially for me i'm i'm good enough at the game to like you know show and obviously i have to be otherwise i couldn't coach it but like I i'm not good enough mechanically and stuff for the game to show off like vert or wave or any of them can do so for me there's a lot big side of it so it, it, it takes energy and i think that's the same ice can probably say it as well like it, a lot of energy has got to be put into stuff like that same with coaching i can't just be there half asleep going oh yeah so basically you need to go in a straight line it just it doesn't work do you know what i mean so i think motivation is all about making sure you have you, you you time yourself well like i find that if i like i i used to do it in the past where i would stream like every single day of the week because i was right in the mood for it and then i would build up a bit of a viewership and stuff doing all these different games because people were always oh, streaming quite a lot and then all of a sudden i'd be streaming too much and then i would lose motivation to do it and so i just wouldn't do it anymore and then i wasted all that progress it's all about like i think i like from my perspective it's all about like uh like staging yourself you've got to give yourself like time slots like I, my schedule at the minute is monday wednesdays and fridays it gives me a stay in between to chill um it gives me plenty of time then also to work and do anything for the team everything like that and like it it it, it keeps my motivation and um i think it's it, it's definitely a difficult thing for pros especially because it well back to the whole vert thing after the solar rematch like he had lost motivation then because he was like, well, we're losing. We're not doing as well as we were and things like that. It's like, it, it does make you go, oh, what's the point? Well, why am I doing it? Why am I putting 100 hours every two weeks into this if I'm not winning? But it was all because the, the philosophy was misplaced. He wasn't focusing in the right ways and stuff. So it like you've got to make sure with your motivation that it's, it's uh, geared towards the right thing. If you use motivation wrong, it's just not going to be helpful but if you set it up properly i, I think it works quite well so it, like you yeah it's it's hard to get motivation uh you've just got to find something you enjoy and it it generally comes as long as you don't burn yourself out pretty much yeah um, i think that when i think of the word motivation i i i feel like a good synonym of that is actually discipline um and like as gamers both poker and video games we we are gamers and we're not forced into being disciplined i think that our, our industries really attract those people who 
I mean, I'm going to generalize massively and I don't actually know about the gaming community as much as I do the poker community, but like people who tended to drop out of school, people who wanted to kind of be a bit more rebellious, people who kind of wanted to make it on their own and not have to answer to anyone, could kind of put, give their own hours, could make their own money in their own possible way. And I think that that attitude naturally puts forward a lack of discipline. And I am speaking very generally. I know, I don't know if you guys agree or anything to that extent. I'd say it's like um, half and half of gaming. Like you definitely yeah. have that side of it, but there's also the like the, like a massive part of gaming is in like the university scene and stuff, which is a much obviously it's very academic, yeah. and like there's massive like esports sides and things like that in uni. So I think it's yeah. very fifty fifty with gaming. I think it's probably sure. more. You know, there, are a lot, there are a lot of gamers with really good jobs. Actually, it's it's quite a wealthy um, place to be. A lot of people, for example, for marketing in, the, in this industry, like it because it's a young demographic and they generally have quite a lot of um, disposable income as a general, yeah. you know, gamers. Well, I suppose um, in the poker world particularly that. But then my next point was kind of going to be around, similar to what you were saying earlier, Clips, about how many hours people need to put into to gaming is that so much of our day, so much of our time gets consumed by one thing and by, by one variety of thinking. So that's gaming or, or playing poker. And what if, I think if motivation comes from finding other meanings in life that give us, give us reason to be motivated and disciplined. Because if we only have one thing that we're working towards at one given time, it's very hard to keep motivating yourself because you need to have goals and you need to, to feel like you're achieving. Um, and I think that if we kind of go through this route of um, feeling unmotivated i think that's usually a bit of a telltale sign that we're work we're moving towards burnout we're moving towards a point in which we're we're plateauing and we're not growing we're just kind of just staying at this kind of level plane which is okay but it's not great the growth is where like vitality in life is not from being stagnant so if you think um, someone's burning out what would, what would you what would your advice be to them for well i would say that before you burn out uh, is about kind of having the right attitude and I think that for me it's like I heard both of you use this term and Pete as well that I've worked on my mental game and I've worked on my mentality and I kind of pose this question of like what does that actually mean like what does that mean in practical terms of working towards your mental game is that being more mindful is that being more present is that meditating and if you want to be more mindful and more present what steps are you taking towards those things because I think Burnout, um, uh, discipline, and motivation are all very, very closely linked, um, and something that everyone needs to be really close eye on. I think Especially when you are spending a lot of time, you're <laughs> uh, you go first, Ice. Yeah, um, I mean, for me, um, I think um, over the last few years, I've started to notice more the signs myself when I'm reaching burnout. Like as you said, my motivation goes down, um, and my joy in streaming. Um, does as well and I think it's very transparent and um, because we are you know we're putting ourselves so much out there and if you're sitting there for like six to eight hours or however however many hours you're streaming your energy is definitely going to reflect that you are feeling like you're burning out and in the past my fear of um, losing progress or, or losing consistency was bigger than my realization that I need to step back so that I can perform better um, and I think that's something that I've grown with and just recently, I, I said, you know, lockdown is actually getting to me. I'm going to take a couple of days, just completely take social media away, go away from Twitch and just like come back with a refreshed mind and try to notice 
um, those signs before you hit that wall and it takes longer to recover because if you really hit that burnout, it could be weeks, it could be months if you really, really hit the wall. Like it's happened to me in the past and I'm sure other people can also relate that if you work too hard and you don't give yourself um, any joy in your life with, you know, taking a break, do something you enjoy and, and get enough rest and things, it's, yeah, you, you're just going to take longer to come back. So it's like take those couple of days or one day or a week or whatever you need instead of that longer option, I guess, for me. Yeah, uh, I have a, it's a similar thing with us, like, um, Obviously, I've, I've myself and plenty of the boys, even Vert. So after the RLS season, Vert really needed a break. He had played the game. He was playing some obscene hours, especially with doing school and stuff as well. I, you know, it was his choice. I couldn't do anything about it, but like it was mental. And um, he then obviously was like, oh, "Okay, I gotta have a break. I gotta like, I've gotta like have a break." And we were like, "Yeah, okay." And like after every season and stuff, we do generally have a week or two break depending on how long we've got. Obviously, this time we had the spring series pretty much straight after the season, so we had a very short break. It was only, I think it was eight days or something. Um, so, like, sometimes there needs to be a bigger break, but we can't always provide that, especially with uh, we've got to play in these bigger tournaments because that's, you know, we're, we're one of the top teams in the world. It, it, it's it's a bit of a weird one if we're just like, oh, yeah, no, we're, we're sitting out. And sometimes it may have to come down to that. Sometimes it will come down, like, you know, we are just... We've all just been putting a relentless amount of hours into this game. Um, like, even for me, because, like, a big part of, like, the mentality thing for me is I've got to kind of, like, bring up... Uh, I've got to constantly be looking out for the boys' like, mental uh, game and stuff. And in doing so, it puts a lot of strain on my own mentality because I'm not only taking my own mentality on, I'm taking other people's mentalities. And so, uh, while, like, it's not maybe as stressful as being in-game and being there under that pressure, I also have to work at trying to give them the confidence, give them that release, in a sense, um, and make them like calm down a bit after a really tight loss in a seven-minute overtime or something, and get them to sit back, just take a breather in the minute we've got between games and go, right, okay, this is what we can do this game. Don't worry about it too much. It's only one lot, and and like uh, things like that. And it, it it is definitely, and you can definitely lose. You can move up motivation between in, in a series, for example. If you've gone down two 0 and you've not scored a goal, it can be extremely hard going into that final match of the series and like potential final match of that series and being like, I'm gonna get perfect sweeps. I'm gonna have this. I'm gonna have that. And it's like it's all about trying to like get your mind back and go i just reset and it's very hard to do that and like it's it's a big part of why pros are pros is because they have that probably a better ability at doing things like that than your average joe do you know what i mean and that is why i think that is like things like that that are sometimes the cut above the rest is why they are where they are so yeah i think um, yeah, I've, 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 I've i have a lot of things to say about that but go but no, ben you go for it because oh, yeah. <laughs> huh yeah so yeah go for um, it. I, I'll just summarise in one thing is that it, to, to be like a psychotherapist and to be accredited and to, to actually be allowed to practice, you need to be supported. You need to have your own therapy. You need to have a supervisor. And I think what I'm hearing you speak about there is the importance of community, the importance of being able to be supported so that you have the resilience to in, in turn support. Mm -hmm. Like there, ha there can't be in isolation, like giving and giving and giving, because 
yeah, your resources will run out and they will eventually like, yeah, reduce. So I think, I think what I'm hearing you say is that you're in a position where sometimes you maybe don't have the resources to keep giving and actually you need that kind of support from another person or another party or something like that. And just the importance of community came up there for me. Yeah, and on that community point, as a pro team, we obviously have our supporters. And like I've said, I've said this many a time on Twitter, like the, uh, that sometimes the sheer amount of outpouring of support that our team gets, especially as a very new team, like this is our, that was our first ever RLCS season. We were complete unknowns, myself included, coming into this. And like the outpouring of support, and it, it just gives us like, it gives us that like sigh of relief that we're not like just doing it and everyone's kind of just hating on us kind of thing. We've not got everyone against us. We've got people in our corner that are pushing us on to do better, to aspire to be world champions, hopefully, in some time in the future, to aspire to do this, that, and the other. And, like, I think um, it, it's the same for a streamer, I guess, in, sort of, in terms of people in your chat. I, like, it's so demotivating sometimes where you're streaming and there is nothing happening on your chat or anything. You have no one to talk. And, like, you're talking to, in your brain, you're just thinking, oh, well, I'm talking to no one. Like, what am I doing? I'm looking like a crazy person because if you did that outside on the streets, you would be a crazy person. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, uh, it, it's getting that community support that like is it, such a massive thing, especially for a pro team to like ride on and use them for their motivation to be like, we want to do good for these guys. We want to, we want to reward their support with winning a major, winning a tournament, doing this, doing that. Do you know what I mean? And I, yeah, no, community is a massive thing about it. Okay, can yeah. I just quickly chime in on that? Um, just with um. What you said about community and your chat and things like that um from a streamer point of view that that's definitely something that drives me a lot in my mentality if i mean i completely understand maybe somebody's you know watching um while they're doing other things leaving it open while they do housework or maybe they do some work in the house or whatever and you know i appreciate people lurking and all that but when the chat goes quiet you feel like am i doing something wrong am i not being entertaining and it can mentally just drain the energy out of you. And if the chat is super engaging and they're like really hyped about everything you're doing, you just get that that drive to just like push a little bit harder. So sometimes if my chat is really, really active, I can go for 12 hours and I don't even know I've done it. But if it's like completely dead, I'll be like, okay, it's only been an hour. Is it, is it acceptable to stop now? Because I feel like I've given everything, but you just can't get that conversation going. But you still mm -hmm. do it because you have to keep the stream running. But sometimes it, it, it honestly gets you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> from an endpoint perspective as well, I mean, so what we're at endpoint, we're trying to obviously make it kind of a family. We have a family Discord chat chat. We're gonna try. We're trying to make it so we can support each other. And even though they're in different games, we have streamers, we have Quake player, we have Rocket League, we have Counter Strike, we have Rainbow Six. You know, it's a very mixture of people. But trying to make it like a community family so they can support each other is important to us. But yeah, going. I mean, even from my side of things, um, like as an owner, you know, you say uh, Aaron, you're saying that you have to, you have the mentality for yourself, let alone the players you have to look after. Well, if you go up that stage, we have the mentality of you and the players. I've got to make sure that you know we can, we can financially support you guys when we need to you know each month we've got to get pay your salary for example or whatever um or we have to make sure we find their sponsors and the pressure of that's quite a lot um and yeah that, i mean that's from our side of things in terms of um community and people supporting you a hundred percent it's um honestly if you look if anyone's replied to an endpoint tweet with support or anyway honestly i know who you are i i that that, that that's the kind of thing which is really great and um I, I, I was I was in a chat watching a Counter Strike game yesterday, and I had some random guy message me saying, 
keep up what you're doing. You're doing unbelievable things for UK sports, so please keep doing it, kind of thing. And that, for me, was just like, that's, that, that's the motivation I need. Mm. And that, that community from other people coming into you, um, doesn't matter if I don't know you, honestly, it's just, mm. it means the world. Um, so, and that's the same for streamers, you know, or for pro players, you know, going to Isis chat and you support her, you, even just typing, even if it's not much to say, she'll, she'll appreciate it and the, the sport would be great. Um, yeah, well, no. in, in that sense, like, I, I see it, like, obviously, I, I'm not paying attention to the chat when we're playing or whatever, but I do sometimes, like, in the corner of my eye, see, like, an endpoint person that I know is in the chat, and they're like, yeah, let's go. And it's like, I, I watch the endpoint CS team as much as I can, obviously, and, you know, the timings aren't always right, but, like, if I can, I will try and watch them. And and then I'll see, like, organized a, a streamer or another streamer, one of our content creators or another pro or Vert or someone like that will all be in the chat. Like even Meta, I I don't know how many times that like Meta's new, uh, you know, and he, he, you know, he's he's just new, and like even he like sometimes the CS will be on, like oh yeah, I'm watching Empire, he's oh yeah, send me a link and you'll watch it with me, and something like that, and, he, and like, and ultimately he's he doesn't even know them, do you know what I mean? Like he, he's not even spoken to them yet, do you know what I mean? And and he's still already in, and I think that is something that um. I think if all orgs could do it, like, you know, there's some orgs that have the big players that have those egos that are like, oh, but like, you know, it's not everyone. And I think if that community feel of just within the org, let alone, um, let alone your, you know, your community that follow and support you, it, it just makes such a difference, honestly. Yeah, I think, I think that's just the point. If, you, if you're someone who's watching at home or if you're someone who's, uh, who likes watching Counter-Strike or Rocket League or whatever, um, or you like watching streamers, if you like their content or if you like what they're doing, just be supportive because honestly, you might feel like even if you've got no, no money to give us up, you've got no money to do um, or, or buy a jersey or anything, it doesn't matter. Just that, even that message, which is free to do, is, is much appreciated by anyone. Um, but yeah, uh, let's, let's move on slightly because I think it, we're, we're, we're rambling. We could probably talk for ages and we've got quite a few topics. Um, oh yeah, I mean, so moving on, um, you know. This, this screams a streamer, but realistically, um, it's for anyone who's self-employed. If you're self-employed in chat, you'll feel the same probably. Um, it's the uncertainty of income and um, and how that has a toll on you. Um, I mean, I've been self-employed for the last, what do you call it self-employed, for the last like, well, 12 years or something, I don't know. And um, I guess I always made, it, this is the easy way of getting around it, if you have a bit of money saved up is I always made sure that I had like a year's a year's worth of if I if I didn't have a job if I could do nothing I could I could live off it for a year I don't know I mean that's easier said than done because to get that money is is very hard but um if you if you I mean what would what's your thoughts on you know insertive of income obviously with a streamer you know it goes up and down as a pro player um if not in seasonal as a pro player yeah you'll be in a contract and that's kind of secure uh, but if you if, if you lose that contract, then you could be out of work for months, um, maybe longer. If you if your if your performance dips, you could cut from the team, and then you've got no income for God knows how long. Um, yeah, I mean, I still start that. Yeah, because um, I mean, for me, it's um, something I've always said is like I never even expected it to become a business to begin with. I just started to play games just for fun, but I got quite lucky quite early on to be able to do it full time. Um, and to actually live off it. So I'm incredibly lucky like that. But there are months where you might not see any income and you think, okay, it's a little bit dodgy, but you know, you try to go another month and then maybe that one you made enough for two. Um, it's it's a roller coaster. It depends on um, season as well. You know, around Christmas, people might be be a bit short 
because they're spending all the money on presents and food and things like that you know summer vacation people might just go on holiday and things like that so you obviously see like your income isn't going to be like a steady like I'm going to get x amount every month and obviously the anxiety about not knowing what what you're going to make is always there but I try to do kind of what you said always make sure that I have savings you know to um, get by if a month is bad and I guess my mentality about it has always been like always have a little bit of savings on the side and if it comes to the point where you know enough months months in a row you're not getting the income you need then you know maybe I'll I'll consider getting a part-time job on the side and then just try to balance it so that you know that you have some income um but yeah I think I've just said from the beginning like if it comes to the point I can't pay my bills then you know I will do something else but yeah it, it's it's a challenge not knowing what's going to come in and what goes out but yeah I would say if you are thinking about streaming always make sure that you have an income that's steady or at least good enough that you can put aside for the next month that could be potentially not so well for you. Yeah, I think in a similar vein with uh, the pro proceed in most esports, like as you said, Pete, we do have contracts and like we have much more security than I'd say most streamers do, unless you're like, you know, Tfue or something, where you're getting like 50,000 viewers and 50 sub K subs a month. But like, uh, generally speaking yeah if we like there's some contracts out there which you know all some orgs i'm not going to name any because you know it's a bit of a issue move but uh like there's some orgs out there you hear about these horrendous contracts they do and then if you like lose two or three games in a row some i've seen like someone told me a contract that like they got cut from the team if they lost a certain amount of games and it was like what name that name that organization now <laughs> no, no i'm not gonna do that yeah, but, like like <laughs> Uh, but like Jeremy, and it's like, like there are some causes, but there's some pro players that need the money so badly that they can't sit there and negotiate and be like, actually, you know, we want a good contract, and they have to sign these horrendous contracts for these, uh, especially in the early days of esports, like more so than now. I think now it's not as bad. Like this contract was from like ten years ago or something. So like you know, I think it's a big difference there. But like, uh, like. Yeah, it's definitely like our contracts are always about a year, two years, or seasonal, as you said. Like some of them can just be for the season. If you do well, we'll keep you on. But if you don't, you know, and then that gives that like talking going back to the mentality side of it, it can have a massive effect on a player. The all the pressure that it all can give you. Like again, as as a team, we're super lucky that you guys are supportive when we lose and when we win. Like obviously everyone prefers us to win. We prefer to win. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like it's the knowledge that even if we do have a bad day and we lose one game, we know that when it comes to next time, you guys aren't going to be bearing down and us being like, you got to win now. You've lost. You got to win. Do you know what I mean? Like it, you've got you. You give us like that support, and I'd say that is a big part of it for pro players because it, it is still uncertain. Like you know, you can get dropped. You can you can relegate. Like if you relegate from the RLCS, there's a lot of people that suddenly don't have enough money for it to make it a career anymore. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's a big it's a big thing when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, Ben, what's your thoughts on that, Jim? Yeah, I mean being a being a poker player since I was 18 and I'm 30 now, um there were some ropey times in the first few years. Really, really, really ropey. Um and I again I can't speak for game for gaming, but I would say that for any poker player there's a there's a period at which you've got to take a risk um and you've got to kind of take the plunge and you've got to be like okay this i might go broke in the next two months but this is the way i'm going to have to see how it goes over this period of time 
And I should have gone broke numerous times in that first two years. Um, and I got super lucky and I won like a tournament. But if that wasn't that, who knows what would have happened. And I think there is just so much variance in anything that's involved in like your 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 skill being translated to, to making money in, in a thing where you don't get a salary or a wage. Um, I think... But yeah, month to month it really does swing as, as a poker player now. Um, but as a, I, I now practice as well psychotherapeutically, so I have a steady-ish smaller income and then poker as well. I think I think that is like a, a, another thing with like the whole getting lucky sort like of thing. Like people, I've ever since like uh, been with Empire and stuff, I've had people constantly come into my Twitch chat and like you know in my Discord and our like Rocket League Discord everything, and be like, "How did you become a coach?" Do you know what I mean like you know it, there's not many of us. There's twenty of us in the RLCS. Do you know what I mean so it, it, it is it's a difficult place to get to, and like a lot like while there's so much hard work you have to put into it. There's also a large factor of luck. Do you know what I mean? Like you can put all the work in the world, but if you don't get the right team, if you don't do the right things, if you pick the wrong time to do something, you like mm. it just doesn't work out. And like I, I, and I, I'm never gonna say that. Oh yeah, I did all this and I'm amazing because I done it. No, there is a massive factor of luck. It's same for the pro players. Like we have a we have a two day gauntlet to get into a professional league in Rocket League, you have the qualifiers for the play-ins, and then you have a 128-team bracket on a, throughout, on a single day where you have to play through all those games to make it to the RRS. And we were one of those teams that were lucky enough to have a good day that day and make it. Not everyone's lucky to have that good day. Like, the highest seed team didn't make it. Or the second highest seed team didn't make it. They got knocked out, like, relatively early on. And it's like, you know... And we were fortunate enough to make it, and then you get there, and then you'll, we were lucky enough again to go seven and two in league play and make it to the RLCS. And like, while there's an element of hard work in everything you do, I think especially in gaming, esports, poker, there's that element of luck that I think you have to go your way before you can officially make it your career effectively. I think um, I think people need to realise that yes, that I completely agree with that. There's an element of luck, and I think then we had a we had a great support group of friends that were all doing it together and learning, which helped massively as well. Um, and it, we, weren't, we weren't doing it by ourselves, should we say? Uh, even though you were, yeah, it's a one-person game. Um, but, um, but yeah, and yeah, um, but even though there is a certain element of luck to it, I still think people need to understand the element of what, var what variance. Um, I mean, okay, from a poker perspective, again, variance is like one of the biggest aspects of it. You know, the, in the long term. For example, me and Ben playing poker, we won't lose. Uh, we'll be winning money, but in the short term, it can go. You can lose thousands a day, um, and I think people need to understand the variance of that as well. We took a talk about RLRS. It's a shame that it's only like twice a year, but uh, which is obviously a long period of time. But let's let's say it was every week. For there's competitions every week. If Rocket League brings out a much better schedule, um, people need to understand that you know, in, for a couple of months they might not succeed, but then they might later. And it and it's just let's say there's a ten percent chance you're going to qualify. It might be the tenth one that you qualify, and it might be the first one. And people need to understand that that's that's the way it works, and um, and they need to be able to you know manage for that as well. Um, yeah. And I think, um, but yeah, no, that's, I think that's fair enough. And I think um, it does it, it blows my mind. And, I, and people will probably some people if they are listening, they will know who I'm talking about probably, but we just don't realize them. But it blows my mind that people can come to us as as a organization, say. And you know we, we we did get a contract with them for you know professional player, um, and then as soon as your contract's done, they say to us, oh, can you send me the money like early, please? Like you know 
first of first of the month instead of at the end of the month uh, because I, I'm running out of money kind of thing. It's like, well, what if our conversation didn't go well or if we didn't pick you up as a player, what the hell would you have done? And people need to pre-plan that way more. Um, yeah. Because if you are completely broke, you haven't got a sport or family, you need to get a job. Let's be completely honest about it. Um, and until you can financially support yourself to do your dream of doing this or that or um, or whatever, and I think that is still important. Although yes, I agree. Ben said sometimes you have to take a you have to take a jump, a leap of faith, and sort of and just go for it. But um, I do think there's an, an aspect of both. Um, well, like for me, I I've basically been working since I've been 16. Like I whether it was just working with my father to get an extra bit of pocket change, do you know what I mean? Or it was working at Tesco's down the road or something. Like I've always had like a, a savings of sorts so that when I did take the leap to try and uh, pursue my dream of esports with the boys, I did, okay, coming towards the end of it, you know, before we got to the RS and stuff, yeah, I was running a bit low on money. I still had something to support myself and I was looking for a job, you know, at this time and the other. Uh, I was fortunate enough, as I said, to get this lucky break. As as Ben said, you know, you, you're on the verge of being broke, and you're like, how have I managed to like not go broke during? And like, it, it does happen, and a lot of people will have that. It's just all about managing money. Like, I know people that get like 500 pound a month, and then they spend the 500 pound by the next day, and they're like, oh well, what do I do for the rest of the month now? And it's like, well, you know, you should have not spent the money, maybe. Like, and I'm sure, I'm sure, <laughs> even if they got family support, they, they, their family would probably appreciate them not having to lean on them. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, obviously, family like, support is a massive bonus if you do have it. But um, yeah, yeah. And I, and like you were on about like for example the RLS RLCS. Um, there was a massive discussion the other day about when uh, obviously the org letter that got sent. You know what I mean and everything. There was a massive discussion I saw in a Discord that I'm a, a community member of, and someone was like, "Oh well, you know, if the orgs leave, it's not a big deal." And I was just a bit like, "What?" Like, what are you on about? Like, <laughs> if the orgs leave, it's a massive deal because half the players that are currently doing it could never do it as a full time thing. They'd have to do it. And then the quality of Rock League would decrease and everything that, that people are used to seeing now just wouldn't be able to happen. And they were like, well, no, because, you know, they make 26 grand for the last place in the RLCS. And I'm like, yeah, and that happens twice a year. They get nine grand each. And it takes three months. And to like, send. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it takes two months for you to get it minimum. And like, like, what are you going to do after your nine grand goals if you don't have another tournament? That's and the series is two and months it, long, so that's four, four, five months period where you're not being paid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I was like, yes, they get this money, and yes, if you budget exceptionally, you probably could make it last for a long ass time. But it's not a realistic goal. You, you, like, if you were doing that, you would literally have to be a hermit and, in your and house, a lot of, a lot of not players, going out. A lot of players for Rocket League, especially, are quite young. Like, so if we have mm -hmm. 16, 17 year olds. I mean, realistically, are they going to get given nine grand and then budget that? No. Good luck with that. Um, yeah, likelihood is not that. That's not happening. Anyway, let's let's um, move on slightly. Um, next topic I want to talk about really is privacy. Um, I think um, I mean you guys are all in public eye a little bit in some sense. Spend as a blog, you know, all this as well. Uh, but ice mainly, I guess, on this, this question to you first. Um, I mean, like the bigger you get as a streamer or a pro player or whatever. Um, the more people want to know about you, they want to know everything about you. Some people can get obsessive, um, obviously, which is a, another bad point. Um, but then, I mean, I, I know your answer to this slightly because obviously I want to ask you how do you want to, is it better to be open to your to your um, to your audience about these issues, or is it better to keep it to yourself, locked up? Obviously, 
I mean, obviously you're on this podcast, so you, to some extent you want to, um, are you happy to be open about it? But I mean, yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, that's quite a, a lot to talk about there. Um, let me start with um, the fact that when I first started streaming, um, I wasn't sure if I was going to be open about it and talk about being depressed. Um, I'm bipolar and I can have a roller coaster of emotions. Um, I've, I've um, had a lot of anxiety, depression throughout my life. There's been life events that really changed me as a person. You know, sometimes, um, you know, I just struggle to be that that happy person that you want to be on camera. And, you know, obviously when you want to entertain, um, you need to kind of put that aside and, you know, do your job. But I decided that honesty for me was the best thing. Um, maybe some people don't want to hear about these things. Maybe it's too honest for some, but I decided for me, I'd rather have people who will be okay with me talking about it and say like, okay, you know what? I just need a day. You know what? I'm completely mentally not there um you know i'll come back tomorrow refreshed and ready to to take on streaming again um and the other thing is um what you said about privacy um i've been very careful because i've had in the past people who stalked me got quite obsessive as you said um some people kind of get the wrong idea um twitches a dating site or you know um maybe they, they fancy you or something and it can get a little bit creepy at times so you just gotta be a little bit careful with what you put out there and um for me i found that um limiting my uh, my dms for instance on twitter instagram uh, so just just a little bit of a filter so you don't get too much you know coming at you it can be very mentally draining as well and obviously be careful what you share about your personal life as well so it's not too easy for someone to just go and google you and find all those details that they might want to find um because there are stories about people you know finding streamers show up at their house and things like that um it, it can be scary um when people just kind of invade your privacy like that you know they want to know where you live your name and um it got to a point where someone actually managed to get my phone number and um that was before I started streaming, mind you, but still, um, it was just through gaming. Someone just found it, and um, I think I had about 80 calls within like an hour or something. It just got a little bit creepy, had to get the police involved. It was just um, getting a little bit obsessive, but it, yeah, it's it's definitely one thing that you need to be conscious about is what you share that isn't going to um, put your personal, um, what's it called, um, safety. At risk, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, I think I, think, I was just gonna say some. I mean, some some big streamers in America don't want to buy a house because um, I think that that, that some of that can be public um, public information. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Aaron, what you saying? Yeah, it's like in terms of privacy and being open. Obviously, I can't speak for the players in this, uh, the boys in this sense, because you know it's it's their own choice how open they are, except Like yeah, I've seen I've seen um, be quite open about some things on Twitter. Now, I, I generally am not that an open of a person uh, in normal life, so it kind of translates to online. There are definitely things I do talk about, and, you know, I will tell stories on stream, and I'll do this, that, and the other. But I'm like, you know, yeah, I'll talk about places around me that are nearby, but realistically, you're never going to... Like, I'm, I'm, I'm always quite vague with the details, so you shouldn't be able to find where I live and stuff. You shouldn't be able to do this. You shouldn't be able to turn up to my front door, like... Uh, I was just saying. Um, obviously, there's some people out there that are a bit obsessive. Like, you know, there's 
plenty of ways for someone to find those informations out and you really don't want them to, um, which is why you make things private and why you have a privacy like filter and everything on things. But yeah, it's really hard to keep your private life and your your things so different because as you said, like while we aren't like actual celebrities, I can't imagine how bad it is for them. Like we still have our own niches that do want to know a lot about us. They do not want to know this, that, and the other. And like some people, as I said, are very comfortable just saying quite a lot, uh, showing and, and showing quite a lot. But I've never been that person. That's why you see some like space posters and a periodic table behind me. Like that's not really going to tell you anything. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I can give some things away with if I had, obviously everyone knows I'm Welsh, but if I had a Welsh flag with a certain word on it and stuff you can associate with different areas of the country so like i i'm just never going to do that kind of thing um especially you know as a welsh speaker and stuff it can my if i speak welsh on stream people can tell what part of wales i'm from like if if they obviously know it which is a bit of a niche thing in it of itself but like like yeah. the way and it is like you know what i mean and so it's it's definitely privacy is definitely a difficult thing to manage because you don't want to give too much away, but you don't want to be so closed off that no one knows anything about you because, you know, you need a personality, but you don't want to be, it, it's a really, really hard balance. And um, yeah. And sometimes you catch yourself saying too much and you don't, Oh, you're like, Oh, and you try to backtrack, but you know, it, yeah, it's very hard to deal with. Um, yeah. So, yeah privacy has been, been pretty difficult for, for me personally as well. I've had, because I had a blog from 2013 until now, and I only trained as a psychotherapist in the past five or six years. And now I've had situations where clients have come through the door to me who are not related to the poker world, who are not who are not aware of blogs and that kind of thing, and then have come in and said, oh, I found out after 10 weeks of working with them, I found out you're a poker player, and I see this content, and I see this and that and the other. And a big part of why psychotherapy works is because as the therapist, you you're, you can represent whoever the client needs you to represent. And when there's like, when there is quite literal like evidence to pin to you, it makes the relation quite complicated potentially. So for me, it's been quite difficult because I like to continue updating my blog because that's been a journey of, it's called mastering mental game and mental health. And it's been around the journey of learning to become a practitioner. Um, and my own mental game and that kind of thing but now i kind of have to be a lot more careful with the kind of content that i put out personal details like relationship status friends and that kind of thing um to ice what i want to say to you was you were saying around that you you have people who are trying who are either stalking you or who want more information from you and you're saying that's not necessarily something you want to give and I'm and I was just kind of noticing the the strange dynamic you must find yourself in by deliberately choosing to put yourself out there into the public domain via video via talking about your experiences. That, on the one hand, I can I hear what you're saying that it it's you want to choose how much you give and that's like enough. But also, I wonder how do you manage the fact that in a certain way you're eliciting people to ask those kind of questions because you ask them open it must be a really difficult line to toe I, I imagine yeah I mean um, it's 
I like to invite people to have a conversation about especially like mental health and things. And it's, as I said at, at the beginning of the podcast as well, is finding that fine line where you're having a conversation with someone and where they they kind of start expecting you to be a therapist in some sort of way because you're listening to them and maybe some some haven't experienced people listening to them in their life and what they're going through. Um, so it, it comes to a point where I've actually had some some quite pushy uh, messages from people, you know, um, bringing up quite quite heavy topics. And and as um, as the clip said as well, you know, sometimes it's finding that balance where you're dealing with your own problems, but then suddenly you're taking on everyone else's at the same time. Yeah. So you need to find. I I still haven't found the balance completely honest, but I try as much as I can to to open. A discussion about the topics, but still keep my my own health safe from taking on everyone's problems, but still engaging that conversation and still being like, I get someone who says, you know, it's okay not to be okay, and if you're having a bad day, you know, I'll try to cheer you up with my stream, and you know, we'll have a laugh. But it's a very fine line, to be completely honest. I I don't know how to handle it at at times, but I do my best to you know, be as safe as I can, obviously try to to make sure that if people get to the point where, you know, I'm getting worried about them, you know, reach out to, you know, a professional or always m- making sure that they know that, you know, I'm not trained to deal with your problems, but there are resources you can find, you know, there are helplines, there are, you know, obviously you can go to GP and get referrals and things like that. Um, in my Discord, we do have a little support chat, but I've always, you know, put a disclaimer, you know, it's we're not professionals, we'll give you somewhere you can share how you're feeling if you want to say, you know, oh, I got laid off work today or, you know, I'm just having a really bad day or I'm, I'm feeling ugly or I don't feel loved. Things like that, you know, we'll listen and we'll give you somewhere you can be yourself without being judged. And we're not going to be like, oh, you know, um, disregarding of how you feel because everyone's entitled to how they feel. But it's also making sure that they know at the same time that that is what it is. We're not we're not there to, you know, provide one-on-one sessions and things like that because some people might might think that they can get more out of it than i mean we're entertainers it's not our job you know what i mean i think i think that's what i was getting at specifically this like dynamic of being you you being transparent but just because you're being transparent that doesn't mean then you then you have to give everything and that maybe is where they other people don't really necessarily see it it becoming confusing it must for, for everyone I think the internet can make it confusing as well. It's, again, again, it's not it's not face to face interaction. You can't always, you, like, eyes can't see their expressions. They can see yours a lot yeah. of the time, but maybe on Discord, for example. But um, that that can be quite a bit of it for sure. And again, I think it's, it is harder for you as, as well because you're a variety streamer, for example. So realistically, the people you want in your stream are people to like you as a person, uh, because it's not related to one game. So there's the mix of you don't want to be too open but at the same time you want people to like you as a person so therefore you kind of have to be open a bit as well so it's kind of a um an interesting yeah i do actually find that one interesting thing i've seen is every time i actually tweet about mental health or if i'm saying you know um i guess anything about you know being bipolar or the the depression i've faced or things you know uh, i've been dealing with i always lose followers and that's part of it you know it's it's some people don't don't want to see those things. Some people just want you to be just purely entertainer and you know put my my own um, 
I guess, personality outside of streaming away a little bit. And I understand that, but it's also like a big part of me that I can't just like completely suppress. And I guess I made a choice to be open about it because I know there's so many people who have similar issues or when I grew up, I was always kind of told that, you know, mental health wasn't real in a way. It's like, just snap out of it, you know, just you're lazy or you know if you're having a bad day and you can't get out of bed and you know people are just like why are you just lazy just just get up and it's, it's not always that easy you know um and i think for me i just wanted people to know that other people are going through this and it's all right and you can get help you can get better and like sharing you know i used to be like here and now i'm here that can inspire someone to do the same um as well so it can have a positive effect as well it doesn't always have to be negative like your experience can help someone find motivation or like oh she's gone through this i can do it as well like it is possible because when you are at your lowest you don't think it's possible like that's like how your mind goes when you're spiraling down you feel like you can't get back up but seeing others who maybe have similar issues actually rise above and you know kind of recover a little bit that can give a little bit of a boost to to maybe start improving yourself yeah, I think, um, and, and like a, a, to touch back on the topic of privacy, something I, I, I left out from when I first spoke about it is um, is how, especially in professional games, gaming, in esports, you have this thing, especially in Rocket League, because of how young some people are, you have the getting thrust into the spotlight at the age of 16, at the age of 17, where everyone's suddenly like, oh, you know, you're this new kid on the block. Oh, look at this! Look at this! Oh, yeah, you know, and and like a lot, a lot of kids, especially because at that time, you know, again, I don't want to generalize, and it's not always the case, but a lot of the time, you know, the kids that are playing games a lot and stuff aren't necessarily the popular ones in school. They aren't necessarily, you know, uh, to give us a meme term, a Chad. Um, but <laughs> but like, and, and so when they suddenly get all this attention, it, it can sometimes like with some players and some people go to their heads a bit and it, you know, and like it, it then makes them go a bit more open than I think they might want to be or maybe should be, especially being that young. Do you know what I mean? Like being pro weirdly open at some ages, I think as you get to adulthood and you start getting into your 20s and stuff, you have a lot more control over your person but the thing is you're like as a kid if you're giving away things when you're still living with your parents you're not only giving away your own privacy you're giving away your family's privacy and i think that is a massive thing expect that like younger people uh just generally on the internet need to know like uh i saw a video on twitter the other day about a, a kid that uh said to someone oh yeah meet me at some random dude on the internet oh yeah meet me outside this specific little for some whatever reason you know whatever we're on about but like just even that one little detail saying you know it was like a 13 year old kid saying oh this little well now he knows that's the town you live in do you know what i mean you, you know look knows up that's... his name you can look at his name and relates to that town and you'll find it on google probably. yeah yeah exactly and like there's so and like it's like the internet is a dangerous place it's a great place if you find the right place to go to but it can be a dangerous place because there are weirdos <laughs> like <laughs> it's the simplest way of saying it and there are very many ways to find your location, find your things, this, that, and the other, as I said earlier. And so, like, you've got to be very careful about who you're talking to and what you're saying. 
Um, uh, yeah, and and like I think a massive issue with that in the professional esports scene is young players coming in, whether it be in CS, Dota, LOL, any of these things. They always have young prodigies, just like in football, that come through, and then you start doing this, and then they give too much away too early, and it's it's um, yeah, it can definitely be detrimental. Yeah. Um... Oh, a little side note, when you were talking about your posters in the background, I noticed Ben's poster, and I'm a bit of TOS, I'm half naked in Ben's poster, uh, thing behind me. Yeah. This is Pete right That's here. literally me right there. <laughs> and then, uh, I'm, I'm in it a couple of times, I think, but yeah. It's yeah, some okay. artwork, artwork we got uh, commissioned uh, as like, a group of friends of us um, from like our trips to Vegas and stuff. It was good fun, but um, yeah. Um, cool. So, moving on, I think... Um, the next part one talks about mainly Ben asking for like methods to help with this, I guess. Um, obviously, it's a big thing in poker, especially, but I, realistically, it is exactly the same in streaming and 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 pro play is results orientation. Um, so if you relate that to streaming results orientation, this time I got twenty yeah. viewers, this time I got fifty viewers. Why have I done so badly this time? But realistically, you've probably done the same thing. Um, there's just other factors to it, I guess. Um, and I pro play, obviously, I made a blog. Yeah. Yeah, I made a blog post on this the other day, so I'll just I'll just briefly summarize what I wrote. Um, I think that so whether or not it's like uh, I had a winning session, I had a losing session. I've got this many streamers, I've got this many responses. I've got um, I should be winning. I I've underachieved any of those things. What I would say is that the the curiosity and interest needs to be about the feeling that is evoked when you when that thing happens so one of those that might be frustration anger um fear uh it might even be elation like i think mental game leaks are in equal measures about good feelings as they are bad feelings i'm mainly talking about poker there because like being attached to wins and, and losses is not something we we are advised to do but then underneath those overarching feelings there's like fear vulnerability um Fear, fears of inadequacy, all of these really core deep level feelings. And I think that the work, the way in which, or the way I work with my mental game clients is being really curious about the feeling beneath the feeling beneath the feeling. Because when you look at your Twitch chat and no one has responded, I mean, I'm not gonna open this up into an exploration, but you're gonna feel one feeling. You might be like, oh, why is no one, why is no one looking there? that in turn will lead to potentially a lack of motivation. But why is there the lack of motivation? Is that because I feel that my self-worth has been reduced? Do I feel like people don't like me? Do Am, am I tuning into a piece of vulnerability that I really dislike about myself? Um, and with my clients, it's about looking at those very nuanced feelings as a way of understanding the kind of the chain of emotion, if that makes sense. And the way we do that is through kind of like Experiential work, tuning into the body, talking it out. Um, yeah, that's kind of a short answer. I think from our perspective, like obviously in any case, in anything you ever do in life, you always want to do well. And I think that's that's a lot of people's motivation is to hit the top of whatever they're doing. Um, I think, and so in a professional esports, professional sports, uh, even semi-professional sports, stuff like that, Results are obviously a massive part. And like, you know, taking a hard loss, taking an upset loss, for example. Like technically last night we had an upset loss against us. Now, you know, we have plenty of reasons. Uh, there's plenty, like they played really well. 
you know, and can't ever take away from that. And you just got to, like, in our perspective, we always just got to step back, take a look at the loss, look at, right, were there major flaws or did we just get beaten? Do you know what I mean? Like, because there's there's a difference, isn't there? There's a difference between playing really well and a team just playing better. Or there's, you have made a bunch of mistakes. All right, okay, we can fix them. Do you know what I mean? We can fix them. And, like, it's... It, it's uh, and, and that's like where my job it comes in, and especially is that like we've got to sit back, look. If it is just we being outplayed, next time we won't let them outplay us. We'll we'll uh, deploy a different strategy. We'll deploy a different thing. And I'm sure there's like um, things and links to that in poker, for example. Um, obviously, I don't know loads about poker. I watch it, but I, that's that's it. Like, I, but I, like you know, you hear the commentators talk about, oh, they, you know, they could have done this under the gun and stuff instead. And it's like it's the same with Rocket League, you know. We could have put more aggression on. We could have maybe tuned down the demos a bit and focused more on defense. And like it's it's small things like that we've got to like change during a match or during a tournament. That is what is so critical. And I think that is why like results are such a big thing for us because yes, we want to do well, and yes, sometimes a, a loss can be very hard to take, especially when you know. It, it can, and that they're probably the hardest ones to go with. Okay, well, you know, whatever. But like, when you could have done something about it, it's when it is most difficult, I think. And uh, uh, I think in pro- professional play, you've got to use the results to thrust you forward instead of um, thinking about them per, per se. Like, you've just, like when we lose, you got to look at it and see why, and then use that to make you win next time. And ultimately. Uh, I think that's what it is from a professional point of view. I do think you missed a key point there, though, really. Um, like poker, but like gaming. I mean, if you, if you take football for an analogy, people say they've gone in for a 50-50 tackle, right? That in itself is said as a reason. It's 50, Let's say it is 50-50. 50% of the time you're going you're gonna to win the tackle, 50% of the time you're going to lose the tackle. Like in Rocket League, there's plenty of situations where 60% of the time this is going to happen... You might do it because it's the right move to do because the majority of the time it's going to work. Um, but then people need to realise that, let's say it is a 60-40, 40% of the time, that's four in ten times you're going to lose that tackle. And that over a five-minute game, that can happen a number of times, just for variance. I mean, in poker, we have situations where we've had 80-20 favourites, you've done it five times in a row and you lose all five. Like, 1% of the time, whatever the mass turns out to be, it happens 1% of the time. People need to realise that, like, Variance is probably one of the massive, most most important parts of results orientation. There are other aspects, especially with streaming as well, like you know time of day. Um, someone you know, which could be key viewers might be away for on work or just doing family things or whatever. I don't know, or just fancy a day off. Um, but yeah, I think results orientation is. Hey, you know, I also want to say that sorry, I want to last ice talk as well. But like that, even in the way that you both you and Eclipse are ex- describing this situation is that you're you're using statistics and like thought process as a way of avoiding the felt experience of failure and being interested in the felt experience of failure in my opinion of course the practical side is really important it, but the, the the felt sense is where the the growth is as i've mentioned the growth a few times and that is something that i think even in the way that we're talking about it it does get overlooked i think i think that's quite fair to say well like yeah like using like okay i guess the way maybe i worded it wrong but like using that loss is definitely 
in, in a sort in the same way we feel the loss but we try to use it instead of uh instead of like lulling on it and like you know focusing too much on the actual loss we try to use it to grow ourselves because as soon as you lose that's that's an opportunity to learn do you know what i mean every time you lose there's something you've done that you could do better is the way i look at it and using that feeling of loss and stuff as a motivational key effectively because if you can take a loss and you're like you know you feel that feeling lads you don't want that again you can obviously you're gonna lose at some point what's what's wrong with having the feeling of losing what's wrong with negative emotion there's nothing wrong with negative emotion though but this is why my point is like no one wants to feel negative emotion there's nothing wrong with it but no one yearns for it i mean i don't go do you know what I would love to feel real down today. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And so it's more, it's more yeah. using it. It's, it's, it's nothing wrong with it. When we have it, you know, we deal with it, we work with it and you use it to grow. I think, but ultimately your goal is to not have to feel it. And I think that's, the, and, and that's what I take from it is that like when we do lose, we use that feeling to grow and to improve as players, as people. And then hopefully we don't have to feel that negative feeling again. But if we do, we, it's the same thing again. We look at it, you know, we take it in, we grow, and we go further. And I'm, I'm sure there's, there's parts of this that come down from streaming, and I'm sure I see probably want to express those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, for me, it's not so much about like um, the gaming side of what. It, when I stream, it's not about winning or losing a game. It's more about, I guess, the achievement of streaming and you know how many people was there, was the chat interactive, and things like that. And um, I think in the beginning the biggest mistake I did was probably compare myself to everyone else that I knew. Like, oh, this streamer has this many viewers. When she plays this game, why am I not getting the same result? But you you get to learn that what works for someone doesn't necessarily applies to you. It doesn't work for you, perhaps. Like, everyone finds their own space and their own way. And you see so many people doing, like, 12-hour streams or something, and, you know, you think, oh, is that is that the way to grow? And you try that, and maybe it doesn't work because like quality and quantity is a thing as well you know just going for like 24 hours straight doesn't mean that you're going to grow in those 24 hours um it can be very disheartening if you like let's say you've had 50 viewers consistently for a week and then the next the next week you know it's down to 20 or 30 and you think oh why is it different now maybe it just be like people are just enjoying the sun or maybe there's a big gaming tournament on people watching like a major league or something um so for me to deal with those negative emotions when I feel like I'm not where I want to be or something, I try to remind myself, okay, still 30 people chose my stream today. They came, you know, out of the thousands of streams, like they're here talking to me. I try to remind myself that, you know, it's not about the view count, it's also about the engagement and things like that. Sometimes I cover up the view count because I don't want it to go to my head like, oh, it's it's only so many people because they are people, you know, they're not just a number. They are like genuine community members who chose you out of so many people. And, you know, taking that for granted because you're feeling low can also transpire back to them. So it's like dealing with... I guess also your self-worth a little bit, as you mentioned, like some days you think like, okay, why is nobody chatting? Do they not enjoy chatting with me? But maybe you saw that they were chatting in another stream or, um, you know, maybe it's just that game didn't sit with them. Maybe they're just enjoying something else at the moment. Um, it can definitely make you feel like go from a hundred to zero real quick. If you, you sit there and, and people do maybe go a bit quiet or something, but 
I try to also use a little bit of like the logic and the statistics, as you said, as well, to like overcome those, I guess, fears and emotions as well. Um, to just be like, okay, maybe those were a reason for it. it was a bad day or maybe it was just my performance could have been better. Um, but yeah, it can definitely be a challenge to to feel those feelings. Sometimes, you know, I've ended stream thinking, you know, I, I just can't pretend that I'm fine anymore. You know, just try again tomorrow when like my energy is renewed and, you know, maybe I've, I've had a moment to think about why did it go this way. Um, but yeah, sometimes um, you manage to push through it as well and you might be able to put on an eight hour stream with loads of energy. And then afterwards you're like, you know what, I was feeling really bad the whole time and people are like, oh, I couldn't notice. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a challenge to to take on those emotions while like the camera is there. Sometimes I stream without a camera because sometimes I just want to relax and not feel like people are watching me for how I'm reacting to things or how I look. Um, if I'm maybe having a bad day as well, that can also be an option. Yeah, I think it was like, yeah, for sure. Um, no, that's great. I think, um, and yeah, and I think me, me and Aaron are actually quite uh, statistical based people as well. So we probably do go a lot to that. And Ben is very right that realistically, I mean, what's wrong with feeling bad in some situations and learning from that as well? Or just what's the wrong with the ne negative emotions? It's not, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I mean, I, mean, maybe, I hate negative emotions as much as the next person. Yeah, I, yeah. And I guess as part of that is making sure you don't put those negative emotions on other people. But, um, but there's nothing wrong with them having them yourself, I don't think. Um, obviously, you want more positives than negatives. But, um, yeah. but, but, but people can't get too down if they, have, they do feel them for the, one, a couple of times or... I mean, if it's for always, I mean, yeah, you should you should seek help if you need to, or you should um, look at methods to cope with that. But um, yeah, I, I feel that there's no there's nothing wrong with it, as a, as Ben said. I think a lot of the time, if you you have those kind of moments, it gives you an opportunity to reflect and grow, as was also mentioned earlier, which I think is great because if you never do anything wrong, or if you never have those negative feelings, you're not going to grow as a person and learn from it, or you know, um, better yourself to. To maybe avoid those situations or deal with them better if they do occur yeah definitely uh it, well yeah as pete said like i i've done physics and maths as like my main thing for my entire life so like when it comes to looking at things it is definitely from a analytical standpoint hence why i do what i do that's why i enjoy and love being a coach so much is because it's a massive part of that like you know a lot of people would never think, you know, physics and, and coaching would cross over, but you've got to do a lot of analysis in both. Uh, and like, that is a very big crossover skill that works. And I think that's why when I do see things like this, I see opportunity to grow through that statistical probability and stuff. And that is why it, for me, yeah, I, again, as we all agree, negative feelings aren't bad. They're just not wanted. <laughs> it's effectively the way to go. And so like using those negative feelings to, better yourself uh in that sense is is exactly well it's like you know you were on about 50 50s pete wave last night and it was all about 50 50s after that one v one do you know what i mean like that is all that game mode is it's all about high risk high reward plays all percentage plays you've always got to be in the back of your mind going right if i go for this how likely am i to win it am I, is it 70 percent of the time or is it 10 percent of the time and if it's 10 percent, you may go well is that risk worth it in this kind of sense and so and like and that's a massive part of gaming. It's the same with CS. Do I peak? Do I not peak? Am I going to get a kill? If I get a kill, then it's a great peak. If I die, it's not a good peak. Do you know what I mean? So it, it's, I, I think, yeah, it, like the statistics side of it is a massive thing for me, but uh, obviously not everyone. And so you've always got to look at it from your logical perspective. 
Yeah, for sure. I think the last thing I want to talk about before we, um, I mean, if you've got any questions, get them in chat, guys. Um, if not, don't worry. There's no worries about um, the. Oh, Ben, can you talk a bit about? Um, so tilt is generally for poker is is a huge thing, obviously, but for for gamers as well, and I'm sure in in, in streamers' heads, you get tilt for certain reasons. Um, but for gaming especially as well, then for example, you have there's many different types of tilt. You know, you have normal tilt, entitlement yeah. tilt. You have all that. You talk about different types of tilt and maybe some methods for tilt and what's the best practice to to help um, potentially start eradicating some methods of tilt because because it, it really yeah. does affect your your mindset in certain situations. Well, I I, I think I've harped on enough about about being in touch with the felt experience as a way of growing. So that is the that is the method. Uh, for sure with any kind of mental game leak. I think tilt is can be categorized as any mental game leak. Um, so I think that with tilt, uh, there's a couple of things. Firstly is that I think tilt is a really good way of exerting energy that's in the body, like emotional energy that in other aspects of our life we're not able to, to get out. So and a good example of that is like if poker player like loses a lot of hands they might smash their mouse on the table they might shout like why is this so unfair i've seen people punch their monitors before i'm sure that happens in the gaming world as well oh that definitely um, happens <laughs> yeah and i think I, I really strongly believe that that tilt gives an outlet for getting rid of toxic energy within the body and i don't necessarily believe that is always linked just only to the game you're playing whether or not it's a video game or poker i think that is emotion that's building up from other aspects of the life um i mean i can speak for myself that if i've had a bad day or whatever and then i play poker some of that energy might kind of come out more angrily i suppose than if i just tried to process it by talking to someone about how i felt um the other thing is is that tilt comes out in different ways so again i'm going to use poker as an example and actually i think a game as well would probably work there's the form of tilt where you become super super aggressive there's this kind of tilt you kind of like will peak more you will take way higher risk plays you will try and like play super high variance as a way of kind of like i don't know that's just your response to that kind of tilt there's another form of tilt where you become really passive where you have no confidence, where you are unable to carry out what you have studied, what you have worked so hard to know what to do in these certain situations. It might mean you take a 10% chance against a 90% chance and you're like, well, who cares? Fuck it, I'm just gonna do it because this is what I wanna do. Um, so like you have these different types of tilt. And I think that being really interested, again, back to what I said before, in the, what, the, what is that experience of tilt? So if you become really passive, what is that feeling of vulnerability? What is that feeling of fear about what might happen? And if you're feeling very aggressive, why do, what is it about the situation that's making me react in this specific way? And then just being curious and interested in, in that process. I think if I were to add anything on top of tilt, because obviously tilt's a massive factor for us uh, in the professional scene, you know, uh, as you said, like, you lose a bunch of hands in poker, you get a nine. It's the same. If you lose a bunch of 50-50s or something in Rocky, you're going to start getting a nine. You're going to be like, come on, like, what? You know what I mean? Um, and, like, you know, there's people out there that definitely do things like 50-50s much better than others, and it is definitely a skill you can improve upon. Um, just like I'm sure it's a skill you can improve upon reading someone else's hand, for example. Um, and I think a massive 
part of like dealing with tilt in our in our space is understanding what is the issue and just in between games discussing it quickly and being like you know uh, and and as like a teammate and a coach being a benevolent to that issue and being like yeah you know what don't worry about it you know we're gonna lose 50 50s but if you make up for it in this sense like I, I don't know how many times i've seen wave get angry at missing up a 50 50 but he scored like three goals in the same game and i'm like well you've scored three so who cares about the 50s do you know what i mean like you know you've got it like it's it's all about like pushing that energy to somewhere else as he said and i think using the energy to focus maybe more on attacking in that game if you're not doing so well on 50s and stuff i think is a massive thing in in professional play um, to try and use the energy effectively during the match because if you just start going absolutely wild while you're playing and doing the most random stuff ever, then you're ultimately not helping anyone and you're not helping yourself. So and it just gets you more tilted and then that causes more issues and it, it's so like it's definitely refocusing that tilt energy elsewhere. I think is when you're in that kind of situation. Well, this is probably a question I probably get most frequently is how do I get rid of tilt? And I think that is so telling around the way in which we've kind of talked about it today, the way in which we perceive those things that we see as bad, the emotions that we see as bad, and like the the way of dealing with them is to cut them away, to 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 remove them entirely as if they don't exist. And I think that's the ab the absolute worst thing to do is to rationalize the tilt because to rationalize it means that you're trying to remove it and to remove it means that you're pushing it down and to push it down means it's going to arise in another aspect in a much more malicious and uncontrolled way so engaging with the tilt firsthand i, I feel is 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 the, the most beneficial cool and yeah i think i think talking to people through that is the best way um thanks guys that was awesome uh, we've got a few questions in the chat if you guys don't mind uh, before finishing it off um so one for ice uh, regarding streaming. Um, uh, when you feel very low or don't have motivation, etc., do you think it's best to stream anyway or take a break? Um, that's a very good question, actually. Um, there's many times I've felt exactly like that. Sometimes I've streamed. Um, sometimes it went a lot better than I thought, and I was like, you know what? I'm glad I over overcame it and I streamed, you know, maybe chat was very supportive and very engaging and, you know, I just felt a lot better, but it can also have the opposite effect. So it's, it's, it's actually a little bit 50, 50, like we talked about, like it can be a very good motivation boost, but it can also bring down that down feeling even more if for some reason that day chat is exceptionally quiet or you didn't really um, get to do what you wanted to do in a game or with what you wanted to stream. Um, so it, it's, it's very hard to answer whether to do it or not because it is a 50-50. You can maybe push through it or maybe it's going to bring you down even more. And if you think that it's going to be more of the negative way, I would probably say don't stream that particular day or try a bit later after maybe relaxing, doing something a bit calming for a bit or you know try again the next day, maybe shift your days around. Um, change your schedule a little bit just so you have like the right energy going into it because I think we can also feed off our own emotions and our own actions so if you're coming in with with a very disheartening attitude you might even like discourage yourself in a sense when you are streaming but then again sometimes it can have the complete opposite effect so I don't really have a black and white answer for you I'm afraid yeah, of course. very situational as well sometimes 
Um, another question we kind of touched on it a little bit, but um, uh, people always say the words, yeah, I'm just grinding kind of thing. Like, you know, it's like, how's your day? Yeah, I'm just grinding kind of thing, I guess. Um, would you say that is mostly the best way to do things or is there a better way of going about things when playing as much, than, than playing as much as possible? So we did talk about that a bit earlier about um, it's better not to just play tons of hours, but um, yeah, I guess um, what maybe maybe the best question would be from that is um, if someone's just saying, yeah, I'm just grinding, I've had this problem with poker, you know, it feels very samey, it's the same every day. Should you be having goals each day? Should you be doing, um, yeah. Well, for for me uh, as a coach, uh, obviously there's always new mechanics and stuff coming out. Um, if you, uh, I, I know GE Galaxy from Rocket League, so I'm going to go from a Rocket League point of view. In Rocket League, there's a massive, uh, there's a massive learning curve. There's obviously there's all the mechanics, there's the ability to aerial, there's the ability to dribble. Ultimately, if you're going to just grind, you need to focus on either a a mechanic or a or or be a gameplay uh, aspect. So, um, in terms of that, it's like if you're wanting to get good at ones or twos that day, you choose ones and you go right. Okay, uh, let me go and play a bunch of ones games. I'm going to play a bunch of one games what's not working what is working and then self-reflect in that sense and then work on it in your ones games and you have to just expect you know i'm gonna lose some games while doing this but it'll ultimately you'll get you further or if it is a mechanic you know if you don't particularly know how to start doing it yourself like you know you don't really know how is the best way to aerial or something there's plenty of videos out there to go and watch it go and watch one take five minutes ten minutes to go and watch it, and then go into free play which is a very easy and usable way in game and sit there for maybe half an hour, going through it, going over and over and over. And if, it, if it's not improving, then come back to it another day, maybe watch another video another day or something. And, and it's not worth grinding something too far if you're not feeling progress because you'll un ultimately it's the whole burnout thing again. You ultimately just get frustrated. You'll tilt yourself because you're not being able to do it. And then you'll burn yourself out and you'll be like, oh, this is a terrible game. Oh, uh. When in reality, you really love the game and you're just getting annoyed that you're not being able to do something. And so it's always better to... Uh, like I, I know someone that couldn't aerial. He just couldn't do aerials, and it was the most bizarre thing ever. Because aerials are supposed to be such a simple part of the game, but his way of learning aerials then was to go and learn how to do ceiling shots, which didn't really make sense because <laughs> he was basically doing everything inverted and upside down. But he then was quite good at an aerial because he went to go and try a different mechanic instead, which then lent itself to the original mechanic he was trying to learn. So when you're grinding, you've definitely got to bring a lot more focus on it. I think um, it is very difficult to try and improve just by generally playing the game. While you will, and I think you do in most things, if you generally are just doing it, you will get better. But for actual improvement to say you are grinding as a general thing, you need to be looking at something to improve on that day. Ben, can you, can you answer this slightly, but um, bearing in mind that obviously a lot of people who are watching this will probably just have a normal job and think that grinding is, jo is, is the job. Like, they're going to work every day to grind, um, you know, to make money or whatever, or for whatever reasons. But um, how do people, if they think they're in a, I don't know, maybe a dead-end job or they think they're just in a job which is not really fulfilling, um, what, would, what would your advice be for that in sense? Because it's, it's just a grind, isn't it? Like, I mean, what, what would your advice be for that? Yeah, I mean, the, the problem is, is with this question, you can't really, you can't really exclude the like contextual and like privileged positions that people like we might find ourselves in for a lot of people they're not they're not they're not lucky enough to be in that position um 
I mean, all I can really say is that setting aside specific time when you're going to work on the thing that you love is, is the only way in which you can kind of really find time for it. Um, and when it kind of similar to, well, when it's about the thing maybe you want to move into, whether or not it's streaming or gaming or poker or whatever, it's about being intentional and setting goals and studying the important aspects of the game, not just as um, Foot said, like, like, randomly playing like the fun bits of the game and, and and not working on the specifics and the semantics of the game um but yeah in terms of a dead end job type situation it's very difficult to answer because i think a lot a lot a lot a lot of people find themselves very entrapped within that dynamic um, and it's very difficult to get out i guess it's about yeah if you can find time a couple of hours or even like 30 minutes every day or something to do something you love or something which will progress you to where you want to be um, yeah. it, it, as long as you have in your mind that, right, okay, I'm doing this nine hours today, uh, it's going to kill me, but at the end of it, I can do 30 minutes or something I really want to do, or 30 minutes which is going to progress me to a year, two years' time where I'm going to be somewhere different. Um, I guess that can yeah. help, essentially. But if you're just doing the same every day without doing that extra little bit, um, yeah. Um, okay, so next question. Again, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, but I think um, one part. Let's say, let's just compartment this question into um, you're on a, you're doing a project and you're you finding that it's kind of plateaued and you can't finish it and there's this bit there's like only a little bit left to complete it but you can't get that bit completed and you feel like you're just trying to do it every day and something's going wrong. I mean, are there, are there methods to help with that? I mean, do you just have to take time away from it? Um, which again is a break because that makes the project take longer or I mean push through obviously yeah I I for me okay, for me also go for it there you go you go and you go yeah Ben yeah for me the best thing with that is uh so I wrote a, a dissertation recently and I got so so stuck on so many bits and what I did what the way that helped me is I sat with a blank document and I just wrote I feel stuck and I just went I just wrote everything that came to mind I feel stuck I feel like I can't do this because I can't find the words to express what I want to do and this, this and this. And that really, really helped to get rid of some of the psychological clutter that I had that was blocking me from being able to write. So I think free writing is a really, really helpful method for, for being able to get a piece of work done. I don't know if they're talking about written, but usually more often than not, there's clutter in the mind that's, that's preventing you from being able to make contact with the thing that you're trying to do. Like for me, um, uh, I'm going to go back to like my physics and stuff that I've done for a large majority of my life. Um, it, it, sometimes you just get stuck on an equation. Sometimes a derivation or something is getting annoying and you're not able to work out the actual answer, especially if say, you're answering like a question sheet or something and you're like, you know it's supposed to be X number, but you just for some reason aren't getting there. A lot of the time, it can come down to the fact that you ask you're looking, you're going too deep into it, if that makes sense. And sometimes maybe you don't need a bit of break per se, but you just need to step back. And as you said, like doing the free writing, getting rid of that clutter. Uh, because when I'm doing physics, when I'm doing a math problem, I'll have maybe 90 different equations in my brain that can give me the, uh, the relative force or something. Realistically, I only need one of them, but because I'm trying to use all these different ones, I'm ultimately getting myself stuck and getting my, in my own way. And I think, um, from that sense, it, it definitely maybe not so much a break, but maybe a quick step back, 
relook over your stuff, get things out, as you said, doing free writing and stuff like that, and just, or even in, in the physics, writing down the equations. Because sometimes, like, throughout school and throughout university, you're kind of just told, you have to remember all these, by the way, just put them all in your head. You, know, you don't get these question sheets. You don't get all these equations given to you anywhere. And so you're like, oh, okay, well, I'll remember it. But realistically speaking, when you're in an exam or when you're doing your question sheet or doing a dissertation for physics or your research paper, you can write those down. You can write them down on a piece of paper next to you. You don't have to memorize them anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's not, do you know what I mean? You can just memorize them, write them down and look at it and go, oh, okay, so I've actually got, oh, if I do this, then it'll work. And it's a similar, I guess it's in a similar sense, just from a different point of view uh, to what Ben was just saying. So, Yeah. I don't know if anyone else has anything else. Yeah, I just got a small input on it, actually, because when you were talking about your experiences and how you deal with it, I actually started thinking, how do I actually deal with it? And I think one of the things that personally worked for me, but again, what works for me might not work for you, is um, if I'm if I'm stuck on something, trying to explain it to someone else often declutters my mind and actually process what I'm actually trying to do. So if I'm let's say if just go on the math solution here like if I, i'm stuck on a math problem and i go to someone else hey can i just get your input on it and then i try to explain then often i solve it myself by trying to explain it to someone else because i'm not overthinking it but i'm trying to communicate what i'm actually thinking about and that process for me has helped me so many times where just asking someone for help are you actually solving it yourself if that makes sense i like i yeah in university i don't know how many times uh like my i'd get a phone call from my mother or something and i'd answer and i would be like obviously irate about something and they'd be like you know what's the matter and i'm just like i can't do this like problem and like it was always a big thing for me i i, I this might sound like ultra ultra nerdy but i used to get tilted at not being able to get correct answers it used to be like the most frustrating thing for me because I was so used to getting, especially throughout school, so used to getting the answers right and stuff. And then when I got to university doing these things and having such simple blocks, and as he said, I just, my mother would be like, all right, well, what are you doing? And I would explain it to her halfway through. I'd go, oh, I gotta go. <laughs> and then I figured it out. And it's like, and it, it was, it was just, it, so if you have someone that you can just quickly have a chat to and go, right, I've got this problem. Even if they don't understand it at all, they could have completely no knowledge of what physics is. They don't know how to integrate. They don't know how to do all this. But, you know, you can just be like, basically, you do it like this. And then as you're explaining it, all of a sudden, the solution pops into your head, as I said. And so like, I definitely think that is a massive way to gauge your mentality. Yeah, I've had the same with um, Adam, my business partner, is a software developer, um, does code and everything. I know nothing about code. Like, I know a little bits, little bits. Um, did some at A-levels or something. But, um, but then he had this, he had a problem with sizing of like, you know, when he took, uh, it was something to do with like a website um, and then it comes into a mobile app. Um, he's like app creation kind of thing. And the sizing was wrong and off and he, and he couldn't get it all worked out. So he just talks it through with me and I said like, I probably just told him like absolute crap little points. Like, what about this? What about that kind of thing? But then he figures it out in his head because he gets a different perspective or something. And, Talking through uh, problems with other people, even if they don't know the subject, can actually help in some some aspects. Because you always have to go back to, back to basics and you have to explain it to them. But then that can sometimes trigger something which you haven't thought about before. Yeah, um, sometimes thinking about something in too complex of a way is actually detrimental to you. 
and that is what causes an issue. Like in Rocket League, that's the whole point of a coach in any sport, right? To have an out outlooking perspective, uh, an inlooking perspective from outside of the game to see what is going on. Because sometimes a player will just be like, "I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I don't get it. I don't like." And that is exactly why coaches are so valuable in so many different things in football, rugby, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, yeah, that outside perspective, I definitely think, is a massive uh, boon to have. Um, it could be that we're just like overthinking it really sorry just very yeah, brief yeah, yeah. like yeah if we overthink it to the point where we just get stuck when we simplify it by telling someone else that's often when we're just like oh yeah there's the light bulb sure i think uh we've got another question about um which we talked about quite a lot earlier which i'll um when i'll, get, I'll put this on youtube and we'll, i'll put a timestamp of everything as well so people can look at uh, certain topics um I mean, this question is generally about um, how to overcome stress and anxiety um, when people are being negative towards you. So we did discuss that quite a bit earlier. I'd say, um, is anyone got any final thoughts on that in general? Um, I guess, I guess, like I see, I saw in the question, like he's on about yeah, uh, the instant impact of like Twitter and Twitch, etc. Mm -hmm. After a bad loss or something, I think it is a massive thing. Like, yes, you like, as, as sports people in this world, like you've got to go, we go on Twitter. Our way to say good game to someone generally is to go on Twitter and go, GG's dudes, you know, we played a bit shit, but here we are. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think that is a, and then when you get that, you like a lot of the times I like vert, I know vert turns off his notifications because some of the things it's like, sometimes it's really nice stuff and people are like, Oh, don't worry about it. But there's that one troll, as we said earlier, that comes along and it's just like, oh yeah, you were bad, deal with it kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, or, or it's a, or it's a, like an overly obsessive supporter for the other team being like, ha I can't believe you guys, uh, like, ha, I'm glad you guys lost, blah, blah, blah. And it can definitely affect you and it can definitely put more stress on yourself when you're going into that next fixture and being like, okay, well, you know, I'm getting all this shit from people. I need to go and, I need to go and sort it out. I need it. And then ultimately sometimes that can actually make you worse because you're so ultra focused on doing better that you actually aren't looking at the bigger picture and causing yourself issues so i said that's all i would put uh, on top of that yeah anyway, I mean, as long as long as you're not turning off the notifications to your own experience of anxiety and stress then i think you're you're doing something right i don't think there's anything wrong with actually disconnecting from the internet um if you know that's going to contribute to those those feelings that put you down um yeah as long as again as long as there's, there's a kind of engaging with it on your own personal level i think that's all you can really expect yourself to do anything more than that is an unrealistic objective and you're put, forcing yourself to carry more than you should have to carry mm -hmm. yeah i think that's uh, that's a huge part of it is people just um people expect too much of themselves sometimes uh, they expect to be perfect which no one is mm. um or people might be perceived as perfect in this world of Instagram and all this kind of stuff, but realistically they're not. <laughs> I can tell you that now. Um, yeah, 100%. Um, okay, next question. Um, I'll probably answer this one from my perspective. Um, do you think esports undervalues having coaches to specifically help with um, like mental side of uh, work for competition and stuff? So a mental coach, basically. Um, I do. Um, I think the issue from our side is it's budget. Like it's it's always budget. You have to. Salaries are high, you know, it's all about investment within orgs. Um, for us, it's about budgeting to find someone who's, A, knows their stuff, so you can't just get someone cheap, because realistically, they're, 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 you're putting their, themselves, you know, you're putting a 16, 17-year-old, 18, 19-year-old at the whim of this person, so they have to know their stuff. 
um, and then it costs. It can cost a lot of money, and it's it's about a balance. You need someone. Yes, you need the support there. Um, but it's it's definitely in our plans for the future to have a, a kind of mental coach. Um, in like probably twenty twenty one kind of at the time. But again, it's just about finding the support in terms of investment within esports to help uh, grow that kind of that kind of aspect side of things. Because realistically, you have to pull, pay pay someone almost a full time wage to do that. Um, I, I guess, like, obviously I'm a bit biased because I am a coach, but um, I think when you look at it, like, even from my perspective, even when I look at other teams, you can definitely see when a good coach or bad coach has had an effect on a team because there is a clear difference in how that team plays. Like, things will happen when you see coaches go and move teams and stuff. Um, and I think, uh, I think there, is an uh, there is an undervalue, especially in Rocket League esports. Like, Coaches have only be, been like a really actual thing in maybe the last year and a half, maybe two years. And like for me personally, well, I was always a struggle because I never wanted to get into the professional playing side. I always wanted to get into the coaching side. And it was never really anything like I, I never really had that opportunity to come in as a coach because it wasn't really there. No one really cared. No one wanted a coach. Um, and so I, I personally think there is a there is a massive part of it being undervalued and like as pete said though it is also like you know financial and you know for most coaches to be able to do it as well as they want to they have to be a full-time and to do it full-time they need money and <laughs> ultimately that's the fundamental issue with it so i think um yeah there's definitely a a part of it being undervalued but i don't think it's because the olds want to undervalue them i think it's just because the olds don't necessarily have the funds sometimes to give them their correct value ultimately so yeah and actually i mean ben what's your advice to someone let's say someone's going through uh, mental health problems um and you know, I don't know let's say they're, they're a student or they're they're out of a job or they just have much money really in general what would your advice be to someone who can't afford a, a therapist who is very needed in a lot of um or therapy in general um well two things first thing what i wanted to respond to what you the original question yeah, about hiring a hiring a mental coach mm -hmm. and this is shooting myself in the in the foot and i don't really care is that mental game coaches are wildly 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 overpriced um i think that those coaches who are taking advantage of people's ill health or mental capacity to make a lot of money and i'm talking about people who are charging like thousands for sessions like six seven eight hundred for a session when you can get like a, a psychotherapist for 75 pounds 65 pounds in london which is like quite expensive still. The, the, the price in which people are charging at the moment is completely outrageous and I think it's extremely, extremely unethical. Um, but that's like a one side thing that I'm just pretty annoyed about. On the other side is that the, the best people to get therapy from if you don't have much money is low cost therapy services, um, which are university institutions. So you'll usually have a second or a third year student, maybe a master's student, who you can pay like £10 for, for psychotherapy and they're able to write about you in case studies and that kind of thing. And the great thing with working with someone in, who is in training is that they're, honestly, they're going to care more about getting the job right as opposed to someone who's long qualified because they have theoretical interests, they have like the, the, the drive to grow and to become a better therapist. And you're not paying them much money, so they're not really. Everything about it makes for a much like better holding environment, in my opinion. 
but also make sure you're paying qualified people if you can because you need the money as well <laughs> yeah no, that's good advice um is there anything like a it, you know a citizens advice bureau for for therapists with free advice well or? it depends what part of the country and there isn't exactly i mean the bodies are the bacp and the ukcp in the uk but if you depending on where you live i mean london there's loads just type in psychotherapy institutions and usually in the like the page for students there will be a button for training and um, therapy good advice cool um yeah i mean I th thanks uh, i've got, got a rage from greg and thank you for that uh, much appreciated he was on one of our previous podcasts type exclamation mark podcast if you want to see that one um it'll be on there as the rocket league one but um yeah we've, we've done two hours now just over so i'm sorry for taking up all your time for this right. long but um, we'll wrap it up here guys I think we've covered a lot of subjects this will be up on YouTube in a day or two and I'll, I'll timestamp it all um, with topics and all that so much appreciate guys um, are you sort of eclipsy shooting now or anything or uh, I am not no I've got stuff to do <laughs> I'm just going to have some dinner first so no worries okay. I was going to say they're going to go attend to their mental health and look after yeah. themselves yeah exactly yeah. Well, I've, got, I've got a tournament tonight I've got to go and saw stuff for a tournament tonight so okay. you know. awesome so yeah, we'll, yeah thanks, guys. Um, I'd, I'd we'll host um white bombay is one of our streamers we'll give him a raid now but much appreciate guys for tuning in uh i'll type in a podcast in the chat so go follow us on youtube there and you can watch the other ones some really interesting subjects and this will be up in a, a couple of days but um give us a subscribe there um and much appreciate go show go show white bombay some love he plays uh counter-strike mainly um and he is an awesome streamer great community and everything as well but thanks for everyone for tuning in um and i will see you all later cheers bye